this. You know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spashon, joined as always by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? Dan, tonight we're here to talk about a, a rising new star in the wrestling business, a possibly a future legend, but we're also here, unfortunately, to mourn the passing of a dear friend and a bona fide legend, uh, Lanny Poffo. Yeah, we, uh, in our old iteration, before we we formed Dan and Benny, uh, we had the pleasure of, of interviewing and working, and obviously... Uh, Several friends of the show have worked closely with Lanny through the years, and we were talking before we got to recording that it's you know it's really sad not just how you know, good of and respected of a man he was and ta- and such a talent, but because of his family lineage and the era he came from, he kind of falls through the cracks sometimes. Like he's he's up there with a Bobby Eaton. Or somebody you know who who doesn't you you know doesn't I don't feel like they ever get the recognition for how good they really were. It's more the you know the people they were around in that time and and I it, when it happened you saw the outpouring of support. How many people from every corner of of the business? There's always one or two. You know, I don't want to say backhanded compliments, but you know what I mean. Like like you can see some something in the cracks, and nobody, there's not a person in the business had a bad thing to say about Lanny Poffo. I, I think one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time, and a lot of people judge his you know his his work in the WWF, especially before he got the uh, the, the pushes, the genius, where he was you know pretty much kind of a mid you know mid card guy. But I mean, you look at his work before that in Memphis. And as, mm-hmm. was it IWC? I think it's IWC in uh, Kentucky. His father's promotion. Yeah, a- excellent work. And uh, he he said three things repeatedly that stuck with me. And one was that he was actually never in a real fight in his entire life, which is kind of ironic because you know he was in the business of beating people up. And the second one was that he traveled the world on someone else's dime. And it's really funny because his dad was. Uh, had a gimmick as the miser, didn't he? At one point, uh, Angelo, I believe, yeah. when when they were in Kentucky. And the other thing was that he always talked about the bucket, and this is also money, money related. That it's not how much goes in the bucket, it's how much stays in the bucket. And he was he was very very good when other wrestlers were out partying and doing drugs. He was you know he's back in his hotel room keeping his money in his pocket. Just a great guy. I mean, eloquent. Great personality, multi-talented. He he will be dearly missed. Absolutely, and I give him credit. You know, we always we always manage to drop the baseball references on the show. Uh, you know, so of course everyone talks about the Bobby Benilla contract. Lanny Poffo had what is easily the best contract in wrestling history in his in the last five years or four or five years oh, of WCW yeah. that he was making a six figure income to, ex- to stay home. He, he wrestled one match. Maybe there's still debate on, on whether or not it was that the match ever actually finished. And, and 1995 to 1999, he was like you said, traveling the world on someone else's dime. He 
live the good life, getting them the fat checks back. I mean, hundred grand, nineteen ninety five is a lot of money, and you know it, it, he had he had that that kind. They don't call him the genius for nothing. You know, it was it was phenomenal, and I, I give you know, like you said, his talent, his uh, the, and even the fact that he was still involved. I mean, as as late as the the you know. 2015 2012 2015 on he was still pop shut popping up on uh indie shows and just doing a lot of stuff across the world uh, everywhere from you know canada to to the south and and then obviously international as he moved but just such a such a talent and it, he will be truly missed and it was sad because you know, uh, on top of that, just the the impact he had with the Genius Podcast and some other things, he was really a revolutionary in the the, the in modeling what the wrestler could be because he was a uh, he was articulate uh, the po- the book on poetry, his knowledge like he was he you know from the era of the I hate to say it but he was from the era of the angry musclehead and he was a brilliant articulate man that really kind of changed what a wrestler is. Amen. But like you said, I mean, we, we, we look to the past, but as we say, we also, uh, you know, celebrate the, the, the storied past, but we look to the future as well. And we have a rising star in, in wrestling in the Indies wrestling. Now, uh, Benny, why don't you tell everybody who we got online with us? Yeah. Rising star. And in fact, he actually is wrestling on Sunday at uh, BWC for the rising star championship. And, uh, the master of the Rick kick, Rick Reeves, Rick, welcome to Dan and Benny in the Ring. Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. I appreciate y'all having me. Uh, looking forward to a good conversation. I do appreciate it. Yeah, and hearing the stories about Lenny Poffin, yeah, I was telling you guys earlier, watch some stuff. Uh, that guy looks incredible, and I feel like I could go back and learn a lot more now that I opened up that can of worms. But thanks for having me on, guys. Very welcome. So, Rick. We ask this first question of everybody uh, because it's like a snowflake. There's no two the same. From from a fan's perspective, um, how did you get interested in professional wrestling? How did the bug bite you? Did you have were your parents fans? Did you have a brother or a sibling or you know one of your good friends that was a fan and they hooked you in? How did how did you get, how did you become a fan of professional wrestling? So it started. Uh, it was the Attitude Era. I was about I was five or six years old. I was in Virginia Beach. I was at my uncle's house with my mother. And my uncle was a big WWF fan, excuse me, at the time, uh, growing up. And they they did the whole, they would buy pay-per-views. And, I mean, it was at the time where you record it or whatever. Uh, I mean, they had VHSs of it. I just remember watching Chris Jericho, Kane, Kurt Angle, and all them just tearing it up back in the day. And I really loved it. So then from then on, I stayed with it. And uh, then it transitioned more to the, like Kurt Angle was a big. I loved him, just his technical style. Uh, I I like. I was a wrestler uh, in high school, Greco Roman, all that, and so that really intrigued me. And then John Cena was when he was doing his United States spinning belt. Oh, that hooked me. I was a big John Cena fan, and from then it just it grew and grew. And I was like, I wanted. I knew I could do that. I wrestled for hours and hours on a trampoline. I had a body pillow that took a beating. Uh, my mother was doing dishes once, watched me jump off the house onto the trampoline. That was going to be my next question. Did you, did you do like a Mick Foley jumping off the roof? 
Oh, yeah, I dropped a big Randy Randy Savage elbow. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I was the dummy. I didn't lose very much, though, honestly, to the body pillow. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't very good. At, body pillow uh, was an enhancement there. talent. Right. Oh, yeah. He, he took – he poor guy was it's, a jobber. But uh, – <laughs> It's it's your it's your fantasy. You don't do the job in your own fantasy. Oh, never. And honestly, I know it sounds crazy, but as many – like, I really did spend hours and hours on that trampoline, and I swear it helped. <laughs> like, landing, like, jumping off the top ropes and stuff, landing on someone, uh, I've got my target down pretty good. So, no matter where you are in that ring, I will find you, and I will land directly on you. So – Nice. It, it paid off, no doubt. And that's where I got the bug. Uh, young kid, about six years old, and it just kept growing. And after that, uh, well, I could kind of go into how it started. Um, I I told I told my friend, you know, we, we played college football together. One of my buddies, his name's Crash Cassidy. He's a current wrestler on the independent scene. And um, he started first. He, after college he started wrestling and boogie started training and he grew pretty quick and he's a big fella and i was like all right i've had enough watching you do your thing like i want to be a part of this i think i could do it like how do i get into it and he he pointed me to boogie's wrestling camp in uh shawsville virginia and it took off from there i realized i could do it it was real and the words of encouragement from boogie and the head trainers and all that those guys are incredible and it just lit a fire that never burned out, and that thing's still burning pretty hot. So, mm. that is, you know, it's it's funny. Benny mentioned it the uh, the famous clip, the video clip of uh, Mick Foley jumping off his the roof of his house, and how how it starts, and you know how <laughs> how uh, we always love that question, don't we, Benny? How everybody has such a different story on how they got into wrestling. Well, we're, this is what episode number was 108, I think, or something like that, close yeah. to it. And we've had 108 stories. <laughs> right. That's awesome. You, you know, you, you mentioned and, and you kind of uh, covered it. We talked about when the wrestling bug bit you. But you, when did you, other than being a fan and, and, and the trampoline and the body pillow and jumping off the house, was there a moment where uh, you crossed paths with somebody? You saw a flyer for a school. Is there a moment where you're like, professional wrestling is what I'm going to do? Uh, yeah, when I was 21, um, I was really going through a spot in my life where I just I knew I could do something more, and I've had this fire in me. And I'm, I told my dad we we're sitting outside a fire, we had some beers, and he was like, "What do you want to do with your life, son?" And I told him, I said, I, I wasn't ready to hit the workforce at the time, obviously. Uh, but I was 21, and I can do, I could do some pretty cool things as a pretty big guy. And I was like, I don't want to let these uh, talents go to waste. And I think um, my skills with people, I, I just thought I was built for the wrestling business. After all these years, I was like, I can't let these talents go to waste. Like, there's no reason why I can't do what these guys are doing. And, uh, I just always pictured myself in a ring from at that point on. And, uh, you know, my dad, he's supportive. He's also like, Hey, you know, you still need to look for a job. Like you can't just, you know, we can't just dive in head first one thing, but we, we worked it out. We figured it out. And, uh, 
Yeah, I just I'm it wasn't no direct thing. It was after football. Once I was done with college football, I realized like I'm an athlete and I can still do this. I'm not ready to sit behind a desk or anything of that sort. I was ready to keep going and I knew I I knew where to go. And I just needed to know how to get in there and that leads to Crash helping me out. So I could thank him a whole lot and yeah, the whole BWC crew. They took me in like a big old family, so that was awesome. So, Rick, I always joke about I, the first time I went to BWC was uh, for uh, Boogie's birthday bash in uh, t- uh, 2022. And I drove here from from Tampa. And uh, I, I, I always joke that I, I you know, and on my GPS, I put in middle of nowhere. And, you know, once I hit the middle of nowhere, then if I drive another 50 miles, I'll find BWC. So, I mean, and it's so it sounds like your friend Crash actually led you to BWC. How did he find it? I mean, it truly is. I mean, I always say, you know, it's in, it's in God's country because only Jimmy and God know where it is. Oh, I got a funny story about it, though. Uh, so Crash did lead me to it in Shawsville. And the first thing I think of Charlottesville, where like, that's far. How do you drive it? And he said, no, Shawsville, close to Allegheny. And he starts telling me. And so I learned where it was. And I'm on my way to camp. And uh, first day. And my phone died. And then I start, I hit Allegheny Springs Road, which, Benny, you drove it. And like he said, that is the middle of nowhere. There's no cell phone service. Boogie has a landline house phone. Like, there's nothing. And my it, phone It's died. as old school as it gets. Oh, absolutely. So then my GPS goes out. And I'm, I'm five miles out, but I'm, like, looking. I'm like, okay, maybe it'll be obvious where this place is. And uh, I did not know to look up on the hill, so I'm driving around for another 45 minutes, and I'm like, I'm going to be late to my first day, blah, blah, blah. So finally, I just stopped. I stopped pretty close by on the road, and I I was like, somebody around here locally probably has heard about wrestling. And sure enough, um, I just waited at a stop sign for the next car to pull up, and I I pulled down, I put my window down, I asked, I said, uh, is there any chance you could point me to Boogie's wrestling camp? Like, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm a wrestler and I'm trying to find my way to the camp. And sure enough, she knew exactly where it was. She said, oh, you just miss it. You just go down here, take a ride. It's on the hill. You won't miss it. I was like, well, <laughs> I sure enough did, but thank you. And that's how I got there. Everybody in Allegheny knows where it is. So, But <laughs> almost so did not did find it my first day. How long did you have to wait at that stop sign? Because there's not much traffic around there. Oh no, that was the only car to come by in 20 minutes, but I I was I thought about driving to another gas station, but I didn't know like where like I said, no GPS. I was like, I think I'm in the vicinity, so I'm just going to I had to wait it out. And uh I, it was about 20 25 minutes before someone pulled up, but they did, and I was very thankful. <laughs> nice lady. I don't know her name, but <laughs> that was my great Unbelievable. Experience. Please dear God, do not let my GPS go out cuz then I'm really screwed. I couldn't believe mine did. I was, oh, it was embarrassing. But I didn't tell nobody until now. So <laughs> before I just told him, uh, I just thought the time was different or something. I forgot what I told. Well, Dan, how many how many countries have heard us? Forty different countries. So now everybody knows, right? <laughs> right. Heck yeah. Something like that. Hey, gotta let, gotta start telling some stories. I tell the truth. I don't. Oh care. yeah. <laughs> well, while while we're talking about it, so. You 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 find the you find the BWC. You're you're in the middle of nowhere. Describe for everybody, uh, 
your BWC experience in general, like what, what was the training like? And, and more importantly, the, the side of it that, you know, as tied as he is to the show, what was training like under Jimmy Valiant? Uh, it was training under Jimmy is, was and is, uh, it's incredible. He's so encouraging and uplifting. And, uh, I mean, if he tells you something like, you know, his words gold, cause he's done everything. And, um, uh, and one of the best parts is every time you're there, you get to hear, uh, he always gives a closing, um, like little talk for us on his way out. Cause he has a, he has a regiment that he sticks to in about one thirty, two o'clock every day. He's, he heads out of camp and we're still going till four, but we get 30 minutes of a story or something that he just remembers and tells us about. And it's just incredible getting to hear all that live. And, um, and stuff that probably nobody else gets to hear, which is awesome. Like get to hear wrestling history. But my uh, my experience at BWC was pretty awesome. I don't think many people like now it's thriving and back and big. And but when I went there, uh, there's about five to six people because it was right after COVID. So I really got a lot of one-on-one training time with uh, my head trainer and all the other trainers. Um, there's about six or seven of us every camp. And I, for four hours, I got to hit the ring pretty hard and learn from guys that have been there and done that and just listen. And that part, it, it helped a lot. Now you could ask Benny, there's like, um, there's probably 20, 25 students, I, I, maybe 20. I don't know, but it feels pretty big. It's pretty packed. And ring time is, uh, it gets scarce sometimes when we're not running drills, when we're running the longer drills, it gets, um, it gets a little whatever, but at the time during COVID, I mean, it was rep after rep after rep, which was very beneficial, I believe and cool. But now like if the family's back at COVID's gone and whatever, and everybody's back and that's just great to see it booming. I'll tell you that. You know, it's really funny. Uh, we've had a couple of, uh, old school uh, Sue Tex Green and uh, Princess Victoria, and they trained under uh, Mula and um, actually uh, Desiree Peterson as well. But all of them made made mention of the fact that even though like Mula charged them, you know, a pretty hefty price to uh, train there, she really didn't get involved in the training at all. But I know that, you know, I've, I know for a fact, and I've seen it firsthand that the Jimmy is very, very hands on. Oh yeah. Uh, now I've, <clears throat> I've been with him. Uh, for the last almost two years now. And, uh, I mean, he's not going out there and taking bunk, but if he sees something that he could correct and he'll see, you know, he'll go out there and he'll show you or talk to you in a way like to help you understand. One of my big things, my, my first match, I was exhausted before I even hit the ring. I'm a baby face, high energy guy. And so my entrance, I was going out there and I'm, giving it my all, getting the crowd going. And then I'm like, I hit the ring and luckily I had a match against the assassin and, uh, it was a little, you know, he wasn't that great, but, uh, I, I, I had to go five more minutes and I was already gay. And I told, I went back and told Boogie, I said, how did you do what you did? Like, cause if you, I mean, if you watch Boogie, he's going out there, knees shaking, dancing the whole way to the oh, ring. Yeah. Then he goes out there, kicks the guy's butt while dancing and bopping around and doing all this. And so he did, I won't, I'm not, I ain't getting into it, but he gave me his tips and tricks on how to save some energy. And, uh, yeah, just stuff like that. He'll, 
he'll help you out. Uh, and if he sees something wrong, he'll stop you, correct it, keep it moving. But always in an encouraging way. That man knows how he's got a way with words. He'll always keep you on the positive end, even if it's correcting you over something. Very yeah. positive guy. So, Rick, I was actually fortunate enough to be at the uh, the January 15th um, taping of, the, of uh, Wrestling Live from BWC. And that's when you had the, uh, the boogie scramble for the Rising Star Championship. And uh, you were denied the championship by, I would say, some questionable tactics by uh, uh, Reverend Wrestlegood. That's the bad news. But the good news is this uh, this Sunday at Hearts for Hearts on Fire, you have uh, a chance to win that championship. What, what do you have anything you want to say to Reverend Wrestlegood? Yes, I do, Reverend. If you're listening, listen. Last time there was six people in the ring, and I'll admit he did. He he got me when, uh, you know, I had my back turned. I was preoccupied with somebody else, and he caught me slipping. I'll, I'll give it to the good Reverend, but this time it's one on one. And you better say your prayers, Reverend, because that distraction ain't happening twice. And that Rising Star Championship will be coming home with me. I can promise you that. So, Reverend, just count your blessings because Sunday I'm taking home what's mine. Promise you that. You might have to pass out the collection plate after that one, huh? Oh, I'm taking the collection plate. Are you taking he that is, too? <laughs> that is a dirty reverend. You've seen him. That's, oh, oh yeah. Reverend Chief. Come on. Cheat, uh, it's his, his cheating tax. Uh, you got to wonder what's going on at his church, right? <laughs> I, I stay out of the churches that anyone that he steps in and I've heard of, I'm not going there. I know it's not right. <laughs> no, but Reverend, watch out. Sunday, that championship's mine. You ain't beating me twice. And I might, you know, I'll put some money in the collection. He's going to need it. He's going to need something afterwards. So does he have a prayer against the uh, the Rick kick there? <laughs> he has no shot. If I hit the Rick kick, he's he's going to sleep. So there's no chance. <laughs> yes, sir. I tell you what, Mama made a big boy in size 14. It hurts when it gets uh, <laughs> planted on your face. So give everybody your specs, Rick. Are you six four two twenty five? Six four two twenty five. Yes, sir. Okay. Mm. Uh. uh I'm trying to I'm trying to put on some weight, but 225 for now. Well, considering the uh, you know we've talked before the the shrinking size of the average American you know average wrestler today, six four two twenty five is a is a monster among men. With some of these guys, I mean, you know, you got what is uh, what were we saying, Benny? It was a, a whole list of names we were coming up with, and they were all five ten or under. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> but. Benny brought up a good point. He was talking about you know, you, your title match this weekend. We're recording this on a Tuesday. You've got your your title match this weekend. Uh, obviously, the BWC, you know, our our tie in with them. But you're also very active across the independent circuit. I mean, although you're a fairly recent BWC graduate, you're you're the current. Uh, Revolution Wrestling Authority, the RWA Cruiserweight Champion. You've previously held the. Uh, PWL, the Premier Wrestling League Tag Team Titles, um, as well as you were uh, actually a former coveted uh, Southeastern Heavyweight Champion for Pure Pro Wrestling. Um, so let me ask you, what do you attribute your early success? I mean, really sensational levels of success for for someone as 
and I mean this as a compliment, someone as, as young and, and newer into the business as you are to already be such a, a, a big a name across the, the, the regions and, and the Indies. And, and more importantly, to go from there, are there any championships uh, you got your eye on in the future? Uh, well, first off, thank you. Uh, I appreciate those words. I hope to be a big name one day. But um, right now, I want... I want any championship that I can take. Now, whether that be uh, I got my rematch for the Southeastern Heavyweight Championship coming up. Um, any company, I whatever company I'm going for, I'm going for gold. Uh, we had talked. I told you an aspiration of mine is be in uh, the VCW one day. I hope to take that title. I want the World Heavyweight Championship in pure pro wrestling. I want the World Heavyweight title and RWA, the cruiserweight's nice. I was 205 when I got there, but I told you I'm getting big, so I'm trying to – my sights are set pretty high. I'm going to defend my title no matter what. I promise you that. But uh, I like wearing the gold. I can't lie. That is one thing that since I've gotten in, um, it's nice. It means you got to where you are, and then you got to defend it, which <laughs> is an awesome feeling. It always feels like you're on the run. Everybody wants you, so. It's a good feeling to have. Uh, so, yeah, for me, whatever company I can get my hands into, get my feet into, uh, that's the goal that I want. Um, definitely WWE title one day, AEW, whichever one, whoever signs me first. <laughs> but that's the that's the end goal. If I could get signed by one of them, I want that title. Those big, uh, beautiful belts, that's what I want. I, I think it was Diamond Dallas Page who said that uh, if, if you didn't get into wrestling – with the aspiration of being a champion that you really didn't belong in wrestling. So you're definitely on the right track. Oh, yes. I, I do. Uh, I do. <laughs> Don't be wrong. I have, I have reasons that I've told you, but the championship belts that I, I'm a champion. I'm a fighter. I'm a winner. I want to do that. And I can, and I want to prove it. And, uh, that's my goal set out to be the best. So Rick, I, I've, I've listened to a couple of your promos uh, both at BWC, you actually sent me one, and you just cut one on Reverend Rasselgood a few minutes ago. You have really good mic skills. Is is this something that comes naturally to you, or are you just a, a natural talker like a Roddy Piper, or is it something you have you you consciously have to work on? Um, luckily in my job, I kind of get to work at it every day. Uh, I'm a bartender, so you never know. Oh, you're coming promos the all day long, then. Every every day, and you learn how to talk to people. You learn how to talk to people who are happy. You learn how to talk to people who are sad. You learn how to talk to people from different backgrounds. You learn how to talk to people uh, and who are quiet. Maybe they just want to listen. And sometimes that they just, I don't know. It You never know what's walking into the bar. And I think that that helps a lot. And another attribution is from my mother. I call her Chatty Kathy for a reason. She is a wonderful woman and a great talker and speaker herself so i think that and bartending those are my two things that help me get out of my shell and learn how to talk to people well i mean and like you said i mean you, you don't know what your your you know who, who your opponent is and not really you know, in the bar it's not really an opponent it's a customer but i mean as far as the the the, the conversation you have to really just oh, adjust yeah. on the fly i mean you don't know what's coming at you yes yes sir and uh sorry to cut you off but um, like a, some guys are don't talk as much trash as others. But uh, either way, I'm prepared. <laughs> we can settle on the mic and then get in the ring. 
I won't get run down. I promise you that. So, so when you're it in depends the, on how they bar. come at me. When I uh, my my last job, I I was a, called a negotiation specialist, which is a glorified name for a collector. And there was times, especially since I've been doing the podcast, where like I felt like I was cutting a promo on somebody. I almost wish, like I, you know, I I kind of fantasized that the phone was a microphone, a mic. So did, like, do you ever do that at the bar? Like when you're talking to somebody, you wish you had a mic in front of you. Oh, absolutely. If I got uh, five or six people and I'm telling a story, sometimes yeah, I get a little more. Uh, get a little louder a little more um into it start talking in more details than i normally would about the story just depends on who's listening and uh when i'm feeling if i feel like they're in then yeah i start i start cutting more of a promo than telling a story that's a really uh, honestly like a perfect on the job training job for you know for a professional wrestler I mean, if you were a full charge bookkeeper for eight hours, I don't think that would work. Right? No, not at all. I'm glad I'm in an environment where it's loud, it's uh, unpredictable. It's not like I'm not in a rootin' tootin' cowboy, rough and tough fighting bar, but we got. I'm in Franklin County. We we got some good old boys that come in. Uh, they're just funny. They keep you on your toes. I tell you that. They ever mess with you uh, because you're a pro wrestler? Though, or? I tell you that. Say that again. Sorry. Do they ever do they ever mess with you because you're a professional wrestler? Absolutely. Uh, oh, every really? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sometimes people like to see. It. They'll. I've had people give me a list of everybody that they know that could beat me up. I said, brother, I get paid to fight now, so unless they meet me in a ring, I'm not doing it. So right, bring your checkbook. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bring a checkbook and I'll fight him. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm sure he might be tough, but. I told him I'm past the fighting on the streets deal. So that's my answer to everybody when they start getting like that. <laughs> like, hey, bring a checkbook. We could do it. I don't care. You, <laughs> but you until then. You, you don't get paid by the hour and you don't fight for free. I like it. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You know, been doing, uh, Benny and I have been doing this show for a couple of years and, and we were together on, on another program before that. And I had the pleasure of interviewing. Sam Houston, Cowboy Sam Houston. And one of my favorite stories I've ever heard in an interview is he told he told me the story about uh, he kind of while he's not the inventor by by there's kind of a debate on that. He really popularized the the, the bulldog. Oh, yeah. The, you know, the the the, head, the the headlock takedown. And oh, yes, sir. One of my favorite was, moves. To, to this day. I mean, uh, Dustin Reynolds has done it. Uh you know, I've I've seen a, a handful of people do the move. I mean, since, but he still to this day, I see Sam Houston still has the prettiest bulldog. And he talked about it was actually a very young uh, Ken Shamrock before he rose to popularity with Pancrase and other things. How uh, he was, they were working on takedowns, and one thing led to another. And it was funny because you know, hearing the story and and kind of picturing the move, and you hear about the evolution and how certain people did moves. Your your finisher, you you've hyped it up a few times in the interview uh, so far, is the uh, the Rick kick, and it's very similar to um, the Claymore. It's a kind of a lifting leg kick. Very impressive to see uh, is some of the clips that are out there uh, of your matches. Um, you you can throw it out of nowhere. There's you can you can hype it up with the crowd. There there's really it's effective. It 
obviously, like you say, the the size 14, you know, you, you taking heads off with that thing. Uh, if you don't mind maybe pulling the curtain back a little bit of all the, the moves you could have used as a finisher, why that one? And um, is there any kind of unique story behind how you came to it? Uh, so I chose that one because I, I just, the size of my boot, it's hard to miss with, uh, when you're aiming that thing in somebody's <laughs> face. So <laughs> I like that, but no, I can't pick up everybody and I am strong. I am big, but I want to be able to hit this move like on anybody. I want to be able to pull it out when I need it at its most. I don't care if you're five, three, I don't care if you're seven foot, I'll jump off the top ropes. I will figure out a way to plant my boot on your face. And the fact that I could, I could hit the roast and use it whenever I need. And it's there. And, uh, I've had pretty successful count with it so far. Uh, one of my favorite things. So the reason why I went back and chose this is I, I, I was a big fan of Drew McIntyre. Uh, this is through college, honestly. And when he kicked Brock Lesnar in the face, and I'm pretty sure, I, correct me if I'm wrong, he might have eliminated him from the Rumble with it. And yes. then I just, I was like, wow. The, the velocity of the kick, everything was just incredible. And for him to be that big, to be hitting it, was like, I, I get why he does it. It's uh, just effective. You put your full body weight, ends up in the bottom of your foot while you're flying like a missile. And he's 260 pounds. Hopefully one day I'll get like that. But uh, that when I saw that, I knew I was like, that move is that moves mine. If I ever get into wrestling, I'm gonna use it. And that's that's it right there. That kick to the side of Brock Lesnar's face is what made me fall in love with it. And then I saw him use it against Braun Strowman as well. And it's like, okay, you could use this against anybody. And yeah, I adapted it. I took it and took it. Uh, I guess I'd say I made it my own. I, I, I use it in a, I don't know. I, I use it in a little more acrobatic way, I guess. He's a little more powerful. One day, I, I'm, I'm tweaking. I'm trying to get like his. I think you see what he does with it. So. But you That's really, cool. I mean, you, it, you know, they, uh, Randy Orton, the RKO, like they used to say RKO out of, out of nowhere. It's almost like the Rick kick out of nowhere because it you could do it at any time from any location. And it's really hard to defend against. Yes. Uh, and that's, like I said, that's one of the best parts about it. I could be about down and out. And if I get that last dish effort and connect with that, I know I, I always got a chance no matter what. And I've had some battles in wrestling and uh, went back and forth. And, you know, you get that little fight from the fans, that little spurt, and you start hearing it and start feeling it. And it's like, all right, I, I've been getting my tail kicked. But. When I start, it's like, how can I hit this? My last dish effort if I need it. Now, I have dominated, too. I, I, you can hit somebody off of the rip. But that's why, that's, that's why I like it so much. I could be down. I could be almost beaten. But if I could get that last ditch effort and connect with that, I know I always have a chance at that three count. So that's the big reason behind it. Gotcha. So, Rick, BWC is our sponsor, and Jimmy's been our guest on this show several times. So we're just a bit biased. We kind of think that BWC is the best wrestling school out there. Um, I, I bet you, you agree with that as well. So if, if there's anybody who's listening out there who has aspirations of becoming a professional wrestler, tell them why that they should come to BWC. 
Well, I believe that if you come to BWC, uh, you're just you're welcome with open arms. And like our trainers are incredible. Our head trainer Mike Mars, he is uh, he's got knowledge that just drifts off of him that he doesn't even realize. But on top of that, he's a caring person. So like if you come in, uh, me Rick Reeves, and then followed up. We've had Angel Metro. We've had. So, man, woman, and then little Joe Lewis, child. He, he's not child. He's 14, but uh, he, he might be 16. I think he got to be 16 to train. But either way, uh, everybody's accepted, and we know how to, it doesn't matter if you take off in two weeks and you're starting to get great or if it takes you three weeks to run the ropes. Nobody's going to make fun of you. Everybody's there to help. Everybody pays attention. Uh, it's a big, loving family. We got a group chat, like, of every member on Facebook, like it's just a connection. If you got any questions, ask one of your BWC people. If you have a problem, ask one of your BWC family members. If you need a booking, if you want to go to a booking or meet some people, like everybody helps each other. And uh, it's great. Plus you get to be under the guidance and uh, mentorship of a WWE hall of famer. Um, That in itself is a selling point. And then the hall of fame Boogie's Hall of Fame has uh, trunks from Andre the Giant. It has a it has a Jerry the King Lawler uh, crown and just pieces of wrestling history that you won't see anywhere else in the world. And that in its own right is another selling point. I could go on and on. Um, yeah, just the open arms is my big thing. Like it doesn't matter where you came from. We got every person from uh, like. Say I'm a nerd Pokemon anime guy. I like that. We got people like that. We got we got uh, country boys over here. We got some rock and goth over here. It's just it's a nice mix of everybody, and that that's the kind of um, that's the kind of family I like to be around. We're accepting no matter who you are, no matter what your background is. We don't ask questions. Just show up on Sunday, treat everybody the way that we treat you. And you'll fit right in, and uh, not much hard. It's not much to ask from us, uh, you know. Just treat with respect, and you'll get it right back. And it's it's been one of my, it's been a life changing thing for me. Honestly, I went from, uh, I was kind of a party guy, I guess. I would be out on the weekends and about, and then the more I started training, the less that I started partying because I tried to do both can't do both that hurts for me uh too old hangovers getting slammed that's not my thing so then it kind of just i started directing my life towards wrestling and doing that now and now i'm hitting the road pretty hard and i could thank bwc for that uh and boogie for giving me the opportunity and uh, graduating all that uh having his signature on my graduation like that goes a long way saying that he signed off on that so pretty incredible and i think that anybody that wants to come you should you should join um like i said there's no time limit of how long it takes to become a professional wrestler so if you don't get it right away just keep grinding keep coming back and uh you will get there we will we'll figure it out we'll figure out something that works for you even all body types it doesn't matter like you don't have to be hulk hogan you don't have to be the most in shape human ever. We will figure it out. And also, sorry to go on a tangent, but we have managers, we have referees, 
you can do everything. There's not, you don't have to be a wrestler to be in the wrestling business. There's many jobs and we teach them all. So come on down if you can, uh, just watch on a Sunday. It's free. Um, watch our show, see what it's about. See if you like it. And yeah, I, I am fully behind BWC and what they, what they stand for and what they do. And just the family aspect. I can't speak on that enough. Rick, I have to add one thing too. Uh, Jimmy has not raised his prices uh, for, you know, for joining the school since the school opened in 1992. And so obviously yeah. he's, he's not in it, in it for the money. He's in it for the love of the sport and he's in it to help new, new, you know, new students and, and help people become professional wrestlers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what you said is right. It's not an arm and a leg to get in there. Um, honestly, the price is good. It's fair. And it is, it, it's where it should be. And yeah, honestly, if you look around compared to the rest of the prices of schools, um, it's fairly cheap. So, uh, that's the shout out to Boogie for it. Trust me, he could charge more if he wanted to, but like you said, he is for the love of wrestling. He doesn't, he doesn't do it to like make a living anymore. Like he's 80 years old. He's got, he's good. Um, he's just, yeah, he's giving back now. He's, knowledge just falls off of him. Like I said about Mike Mars, he could tell you a story and you learn three things that you didn't know. And he just accidentally told you. So it's stuff like that, that it's just, it makes up it. You could tell he cares about everybody in there. that's for sure. Yeah. You know, you talk about the family bond and the, the brotherhood, unfortunately, not all brotherhoods in wrestling are meant to last or last forever. And we weren't even Benny and I, we, we weren't sure if we should bring this up or not kind of a sensitive subject, but uh, during the new year's day quest for fire show, BWC, your tag partner, uh, he, uh, how we say, turn the tables on you in, in a bad way. Um, I know there's nobody in, in the history of humanity with, better memories than wrestlers and wrestling fans. So I know you haven't forgotten about it. And uh, I know you're, it'll, it'll be in the back of your mind for a while. So uh, we going to see Rick Reeves get even down the road. Yes. I promise you this. I have my hands full with the Reverend and I will take care of business when it comes to the Reverend, but legend legend walked out on me when I thought I had his back. I took a young student under my wing and I decided, Hey, I'll tag with you. We'll go against these brothers right here and go to make a tag. And he left me laying. And I promise you that receipt is coming. We will have a match. It will be at BWC. And I'm, I'm going to show him what it's like to leave the ring. Leave me hanging. How could you do that? Legend? Like I trusted him. And I mean, it, I don't like being, disrespected i don't like being left and man yeah i I didn't see it coming at first i thought i was starting to change his ways but i guess it goes with the territory of thinking he's a legend so i'll put him in his place that's for sure make him a legend in his own mind right (laughs) yeah he certainly is i'll tell you that well he's going to be thinking a lot once we get the nice ring to the side of the face with a rick kick so I think he did the same thing when I was there on on January 15th. I I think he did the same thing. He turned on his partner. That kid just needs to wrestle alone. He's going to get taught a lesson. It's going to happen. 
Yeah, I don't know how anybody else could trust him as a partner anymore. Um, but seems to be seems to be his uh, forte is just leaving the ring. So maybe we need to set up something with some rules where that uh where that can't happen or something. I'll, I'll talk to Boogie and Yellow Man and see what we can make happen. Well, I, I bet you know I always say when you win the title on Sunday, he'll be the first person chirping up to to get a a title shot. I'll give him one just so I can have the ring with him. I think he deserves to be put in his place, and I'm sure he'll love going for a title match. And once I take care of the Reverend, I'll give him a title match. If they, if, if they go back and if, if it's all good, if it makes it happen, I'll give Legend. I do want that. I want that match because I want to teach that boy a lesson. He needs to be taught right before he gets into the wrestling world and sees what happens when he messes with other people besides just Rick Reed. So, I'll tell you this. He's going to learn right here at camp with one of his own trainers. And, <laughs> yes, yeah, sir, I can't wait for it. You're doing him a favor, aren't you? Yeah, he better learn now. Trust me. I'll, I'll teach him a lesson, but it might be a lot harder in other, in other places. All right, so, Rick, th- this is... forget the- mine, though. Sorry. This this is the part yeah. of the interview I, I, I waited for. So we we got to get you a nickname because you know you're you're, you're Rick Reeves, uh, you know Slick Rick's taken, uh, Ravishing Rick was 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 taken years ago. Um, I came up rude. with radical radical Rick. How does that sound? I like radical Rick. I I feel pretty radical. I just don't know. I'm still I'm working on. I'm working. It has, it has, nothing's quite stuck with me yet. Radical Rick, I need to figure out how to play with. It. I don't know what uh, Rick maybe. I don't know. Like, I know. I know. I ran bunks. I've heard. Uh, I've been thinking like, oh man, there's so many relentless, ruthless. I don't know. Then I'm thinking, man, I'm a good looking kid. Why don't I bring <laughs> on the handsome Rick Reeves? I. Hey, there's so many things. I, I promise you, this one will stick and. It's going to happen. I've, that's what I've been waiting on. My uncle, he's, he's a big fan of Radical Rick myself. You Actually, if you look in my Facebook, there's a poster or a uh, promo pic with me that says Radical Rick. And I oh, got really? some sunglasses okay. on. So we're, we're on the right track there. Yeah. We're on the right track. No, that's what I'm saying. I just I haven't made anything official yet because I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm waiting to see if anything else, if I feel it. All right. Well, when the nickname, too. I haven't really had nicknames before, so. What, when when the radical when the radical Rick T-shirt uh, dethrones Danhausen on pro wrestling tees, Benny's fee is ten percent. So just Absolutely, a future yeah. reference. I want my cut. I want my big. <laughs> the radical one, Rick. See, I'm liking this. I can see it. It's flowing off the tongue. But then maybe like, like no, hey Benny, you're in. I, I, I'm throwing the percent. Nah, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we, we so. Man. <laughs> Remember, remember, Benny. The uh, the commissioner still has to be unbiased, even That's though right, now yeah. we've established have, that I, one of the one of the wrestlers is paying you. I know. I just got the gig. I can't have any scandals yet. I got to wait at least a month or something, <laughs> like, or something like that. So, Rick, a supplemental question though, because uh, you meant, mentioned ruthless Rick Reeves. Uh, have you like? Do you think at some point you might turn heel? Um, man. Uh. I hope not. If someone makes me start feeling that way, I will say this. I do. Like, I'm a very nice guy, but I could be pushed to that limit. And uh, hopefully no one does that. Um, I'm Like I said, wrestling turned my life around. So I used to be 
I was never a jerk, but I could, I could, I could come off as one sometimes. But now, yeah, what you see, I'm just, I'm so good at. I'm always a smiling, happy guy. I don't, I don't see myself ever turning heel. Uh, so <laughs> I, in, in real life, so you I can put to that point. Tendencies. Yeah, uh, well, used to, not anymore. Right, I'm but I'm saying not, wrestling, I'm ma- a- wrestling made you do the babyface turn. Yeah, uh, I right. went through a period where I just, I was just not, <laughs> I was not a fan of everybody, people and stuff. And then, uh, then after that, I, after wrestling, I just, I, I found my love again. Back to the smiling, happy guy, happy-go-lucky kind of fella. But, yeah, I, I used to... I used to brawl a lot more back in the day, all that kind of stuff. It took me no seconds to fight. and I promise you that's not very far uh, beneath the surface, but hopefully I don't get pushed to that side. So sure. I like being I like being a nice guy. It, goes along. it has its benefits more so, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and the kids. I love the kids. I can't, can't turn on the kids. No. Nah. They're nah. some of my favorite fans. They were, I would hate to see any crying faces. I can't do that. It breaks my heart already thinking about it. So, yeah, that's probably out of question. All right. I'm a big, I'm big long-term, baby face. Long-term baby face. Well, Rick, well, Ricky since, Steamboat. Right. Yes, sir. I'm trying to be the modern-day Ricky Career Morton. Career baby honestly, face so. Tito Santana. I was, I was about to say T- Tito yeah. and, and Ricky Morton, right? Yes, sir. That's what I also learned under him. Did some seminars and go to school with Morton. Love him. And I hope I can take every aspect of a baby face that man is done. That's why his tag is the ultimate baby face on Twitter and Instagram. Cause he is for 40 and, years after he, uh, for 40 years after the rock and roll and midnight were main event and shows Ricky Morton still has the prettiest <clears throat> hair in the business too. Best mullet. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Best, that's, best mullet in wrestling right now. And that's today. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get there with him, but he's got it. he, his no, mullet that, is incredible. That's, that's the goat of mullets. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, now, now that we've established heel is not on the resume, I mean, this is not to sound like a job interview question, but uh, you know, you said you're in the wrestling business for the long haul, and, and we've established that you're staying a face for it. Uh, where do you see yourself in five or ten years? Uh, in five to ten years, hopefully. Um my end goal is to sign a contract. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly either if anybody's listening, I don't care the way particularly, but I'm more of a WWE fan. That's always been a dream to go into the fed would be awesome. And that's where I, that's where I plan to be in the next 10, 10 years for sure. Five years. If I could do all this stuff on the way up to it, I want to, um, NWA, OVW, everything. It's just, all those wrestlers have so much talent, and I know that I could really prove myself in uh, companies like that because those guys could easily be in WWE. They could easily be in AEW. Um, and just the Stepping Stones, uh, MLW, that company, like all, big-time wrestling. I want to do it all. Uh, in my next five years, hopefully I can stop bartending and do stuff like that on my way to um, hopefully the WWE or AEW. I want to be on TV, that's for sure, and um, just travel the world on somebody. I mean, I guess you got to pay for it now, but they pay you enough to be able to do it. So um, that's the goal. Ten years, I want to be a full-time professional wrestler. I want to see myself. Yeah, ten years, I want. I'm. I'll work for it. I'll be there. 
Well, you do. The, the good news the is you do have a precedent in that, you know, one of Boogie's graduates was a world champion, uh, Adam Page. Yeah. Uh, and not, he graduated in 2014. Um, it's not that long ago. He did it. And right. he's on TV in 10 years, uh, right out of Halifax, Virginia. Um, I know a lot about him, never met him, but, uh, that I plan to, I plan to move like he moved. He was quick. And another wrestler that is, is um, Kurt Angle, how quick he got into it. That's my goal. I, I'm not getting any younger and I didn't start exactly in my early twenties. So that's why, um, I kind of make it a point to try and move quick cause I don't have a lot of time. So, uh, uh, yeah, before my body takes a beating, I want to get there and do it. And all oh, I mean, um, yeah, I'm 29 it, uh, years old now. Just turned 29, so uh, I'm in. I'm I'm still in my 20s, but you know, them all those bumps I'm, and stuff. I I played college football and I got hit by a car. So that's two things that my body's been through that uh, are just incredibly <laughs> took some years off already. So I mean, for 40 is the uh, 40s the new 30. I mean, you have some of the some of the uh, most respected and talented wrestlers currently working today are all in their late 40s. And uh, I think a great example, Benny, is um, Diamond Dallas Page. He was 35 when he started as, training, as rookie, and I want to yeah. say he was 39 when he had his first televised match in WCW. So and I mean, he when, when his, he was, he his, yeah, his, he was tearing down the NWO and. and yeah. You know, main event and pay-per-views. He was already he was in his forties, right? That's incredible. See, that's what I want to do, and I think I, I'm as long as I keep my body, um, keep myself in shape, and like, I'm not going to limit bumps. It's wrestling, like it's it is what it is. I'm I'm going to do it. I signed up for this. Like I'm not like if you have a match with Rick Reeves, you probably I might get slammed once or twice. Like <laughs> you know, I'm not going to hold back, but uh. Yeah, um, shoot, I got lost, but I'm the goal is to do it. Um, when I'm 40, if I could, I think I'll be prime, I think I'll be ready to go. Uh, hopefully, the everybody else sees it the way y'all do. Like, look at Billy Gunn, he's hotter than anything, he's not really wrestling right now, but that's what I need to get in and be get in now so I can uh do that when I am 40 and have the. The, the what's the word I'm looking for? The utilities they have to keep keep going. Basically, they have yeah. you know trainers cool. and all, or just a regiment. Basically, they know what they're doing, and I need to learn from them how to keep my body as good as they look at forty and stuff. That's well, well isn't Drew? Well, another guy. Drew's pushing forty, isn't he? The first who is Drew McIntyre? Is, is he close to forty? Um, very close to 40. He looks great. I haven't. Maybe he's uh, well. Let's see. Bobby Lashley's he's thirty-seven. Yep. Okay. 1985. Lashley's forty-five. Yeah. You know, Brock's forty-five. I mean, a lot of these guys. Dolph Ziggler's in his uh, uh, is forty-two. I think a, a great example. People Dolphin. often people often forget when w- during the um what did they call it the uh, ruthless aggression era when when they the two biggest stars were John Cena and Batista on one side and the other. Batista is almost 10 years older than John Cena is. He's actually older than Triple H and he was supposed to be the young up and coming talent. They just kind of ignored the fact that he got started so late in the business. Right. Exactly. Uh, 
But I mean, too, and age is always a number. I, the very first time I saw AEW live, they were recording. Uh, I want to say it was one of their web shows, but they they bring out uh, here's the, the the special guest announcer is Chris Jericho, and then the first two people they introduce are Billy Gunn. He was coming out with the uh, uh, the acclaimed before they they became champions, and then Darby Allen and Sting. So it was like in, in the in the last. Two, two minutes, the three biggest names or pops that I've heard were Jericho, Billy Gunn, and Sting in 2020. Was it, I think that was 2021, somewhere in there, 2020, 2021, somewhere in there, like right right around the, the COVID started shutting everything down. Right. So, no, I mean, see that? you know, if you can, and, and two, uh, you know, Benny, we, how many stories from the road have we heard? Uh, you know, I take nothing away from from the you guys and what you do, but uh, you know the 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 quality of rental cars, the quality of hotel beds, uh, you know, the thing, things are a little easier on the body than they. And I, I doubt you're you're ever going to be uh, ever going to be tasked with three with wrestling four hundred matches a year because uh, somebody forgot to pay you. Yeah, uh, that's that is another thing. It's not quite as a you can hear. Every wrestling fan, and well, not every, but most, like you've heard the podcast, you've heard the stories of the guys with the road stories and stuff. It is less and less now. They're like you said, they're not wrestling exactly. Uh, they're not really doing five days a week anymore. Six days. I mean, shoot, Boogie was doing probably all seven. Six, and, six, uh, six days a week and twice on Sunday. Twice, twice on the weekend, yeah. <laughs> yeah and now, like, I mean, it's like. Um, from you know it's it's less than that it's still a lot of work and i'm taking nothing away because i do it i know how hard it is but uh yeah hopefully hopefully it's a little less on the body and i'm done for 29 i feel like i'm 21 honestly so i don't feel like my body's anywhere close to being ready to give out but i know that some people look at age as a thing hopefully not and man i don't no wrinkles no nothing i had a surgery i won't get no wrinkles on my face so uh that was from the car accident that's what the doctor said anyway, so hopefully I'll stay young looking forever. <laughs> so, Rick, uh, self-promotion time. Um, I can tell everybody that uh, your bio is on the uh, Jimmy's uh, website, uh, jimmyvenny.weebly.com, and um, also the, the BWC uh, Facebook page. But where can we find you on social media? Uh, on social media, you can find me at Rick Reeves 14 on Twitter. Uh, and all the, all my handles are the same. I'm on TikTok, Rick underscore Reeves underscore 14. Uh, Instagram is the same handle at Rick underscore Reeves underscore 14. And, um, all those and Facebook go follow my Rick Reeves page. Uh, I appreciate all the following, all the support. I try and post, uh, what I'm doing where I'm going to be. And then I try and post clips, pictures. My lady uh, takes incredible photos everywhere we go. So I try and share those with the world. And uh, it's a big hit for whoever takes them in love. People love her pictures. Um, I think, I think my social media pages are pretty, pretty good. Uh, I think you'll enjoy looking at them. If you go follow old Rick Reese, um, I would appreciate it. And I will keep those pages uh, filled with new content Every single week. So you won't see the same thing twice, that's for sure. And I try not to put too many of the same highlights and videos because that's kind of boring. So try and keep it with some new stuff that if you weren't there, 
hopefully you can see something. So sounds great. I'm working on a YouTube page so I can get some matches. I have more of a private one, but uh, I don't have a handle. Like one day I'll get it to where my production looks better. I want before I do a YouTube page, I want the production to be a little better quality. So we'll get there. But for now, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And that is a lot for me to keep up with. So <laughs> I appreciate it and all the support. And y'all go follow me, please. Let's, uh, yeah, let's go for this ride together. That's what I'm here for. It's the fans. So I'm not, I'm not to, you know, I want to win championships, but it, it, wrestling is nothing without fans. Without fans being in the building, there would be no us and uh, <laughs> nothing would matter. So, yeah, come on. Hop on. Let's Very do this nice. Thing. You know, like I said, we're we're recording this on the seventh. You have the uh, the BWC show this weekend. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff uh, online. Um, I know your your I mentioned the southeastern title. Your title change there is a lot of stuff on YouTube to check out. Uh, before we let you go, Rick, uh, what else you got coming up? Any any other uh, any other shows or events here in the in the near future? Uh, yeah, Saturday, this Saturday, I'll be in Pelham, Virginia, Pure Pro Wrestling, uh, one of my favorite promotions. It's uh, one that I work, that's the promotion with the Southeastern Heavyweight Championship. I will be working my way back to that title because it's a beautiful, beautiful title. And robbed of me, uh, Donnie, Bit Don, uh, that match is going to happen. It's it's already, I got a title shot um, and Thomas, North Carolina. I might have said that wrong. I'll get back on the Chair City Clash. Um, so I got a title shot with him, March 3rd. There, uh, Pure Pro Wrestling this weekend. We're doing a blind date tag. It's going to be incredible. Uh, everybody puts their name in a hat. You pick a hat. I mean, you pick the name. Boom, there's your partner. Say I pick first and second with someone else, third and fourth goes, and then we have a match. So you just have a match right then and there. And I think that is that's going to be intriguing because who knows my partner could be Donnie and we'll see how that goes. Um, if it happens and then RWA, I have a la I have a match coming up eventually. Sorry. I can't really say, I don't know what it is yet. And I hope it is what I want it to be, but, uh, that'll be coming up March 18th for my title. Um, Kane justice is coming after that. So I got a lot of stuff coming up February, March, um it's gonna be busy oh i have my first actually i have a match um in atlanta georgia coming up march 25th that's gonna be that's one of my longest shots so far so about eight hours away and um really looking forward to wrestling in the streets of downtown atlanta so <laughs> it's gonna be pretty fun that's awesome benny can you can you really call yourself a wrestler if you haven't driven to uh to a match in georgia no absolutely not it's uh, it's a requirement. Absolutely, I'm, I, I'm hopefully, hopefully the first of many. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think some some comp. I mean, you've got two of the four. Some combination, and, and I mean no disrespect to our West Coast friends, but it's some combination of Texas, Florida, Georgia, and Virginia. If you if you you got to wrestle in one of those at least once or twice, uh, or at least two of those, I would say to really check that box on your road career. But Rick, uh, great stuff. Uh, as always, we appreciate your time. We appreciate the stories. 
you like you said, you got a busy weekend coming up. You've got uh, your tie-ins with our, our friends at, at Bogies Wrestling Camp BWC on YouTube. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, we check them out. Uh, Rig Reeves, like I said, anywhere YouTube uh, matches. You got plenty of good stuff out there. We were watching some of it in preparation for the show, and, and it's always good. The the uh, like we said, the Rick kick out of nowhere. That'll take your head off. So thanks again. Uh, any parting words before we let you go? Um, hey, thank you guys for having me, and thanks everyone for listening. Um, y'all keep up the good work as well. I've been watching, I've been listening to y'all stuff. Uh, incredible conversations, and you can learn a lot just from talking, like listening to the wrestlers that they spoke to before me. So, shout out to y'all for the great work, and uh, thanks for having me. Thank you, I'll sir. You. Good luck on Sunday. Yes, sir. Right, thank you so much. Hey, the title's coming home. I promise that. I'm gonna have two straps on my shoulders. You better believe it. Rick, Ricky, Ricky, two belts. How's that? Right. Hey, I like it. I like it. Champ, champ. Yes, sir. All right, Rick. Thank you so much. Have a good night, Rick. All right, y'all have a good one. See ya. Another, another great show in the books, Benny. We've got a, a lot of talent, and and it's funny because you know, hearing him talk about I'm 29, I'm worried. Like he still has so many good years left. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you you mentioned Hank, uh, Adam Page. I mean, uh, anybody that's that he when he talked about MLW and you look at at some of the names there, be it your uh, where like MJF or uh, some of the talent that's coming up now with with the younger names. And I mean, um, just like we said, the uh, you know, WWE just had their Royal Rumble pay per view and. Uh, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. It, it, it's and then on the other side, like I said, with AW MJF, the one, the youngest champion they've had, Adam Page, um, John Moxley. You've got a lot of big names in the companies now that are young talent, and uh, the future is looking bright for wrestling. And when you look at the indies, and you see someone like Rick Reeves, and uh, we've got another show scheduled this week. We'll be back on Thursday talking to Brandon Scott, another uh, phenomenal indie talent. Uh, I've had the pleasure of watching, seeing him wrestle in three different states, and it's just the the the, the stuff that comes out of of the indie talents today. It's it's incredible stuff, and the future looking bright, Benny. Well, you know, I, I'll bring up my my weekly baseball reference because I absolutely love on a Sunday afternoon to go. There's a, a ballpark in Dunedin, which is about 25 minutes from, from here, and it's the Dunedin Blue Jays, the, the uh, Florida State League Class A team for the, the Toronto Blue Jays, and I think a ticket is seven bucks. You know, uh, you can get a, a, a bratwurst and a beer, you know, without having to hold your hands up like you're stuck, you know, like a stick up. And uh, <laughs> But the thing is, like, number one, it's very, very enjoyable. I'm watching good baseball, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, one of these guys that I'm watching, I I'm, I know I'm going to see him in, in the big leagues one day. And I have the same feeling when I when I, you know, talk to talk to Rick that I, I think we're going to watch him on a Monday night or a Friday night or, you know, well, I don't even know what night AEW is, but I I just see big things for the guy. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And it's funny you, you talk about baseball um, here. And I live in Norfolk, Virginia. The the Norfolk Tide oh, are yeah. the AAA affiliate for the Baltimore Orioles. And Gunnar Henderson, I had the pleasure of seeing him play this year. 
And Gunnar Henderson is the number one rated prospect. Well, at the time, he was the number one rated prospect in baseball. And he went up to Baltimore and helped them. And Grayson Rodriguez and Colton Kowser. I mean, they've got names you're watching and you just know five, ten years. I mean, think about the, the people that had the pleasure of watching Vladimir Guerrero Jr. play in, in the minors. You know, you you just watch these people and you know they're they're going to be big. You know they've got the talent. You see it. Anywhere, especially, I mean, you got, you said, you said you've got uh, a lot of indie wrestling in Florida. I'm here in Virginia. I, I love it. Uh, you know, like we said, yes, we, we love to talk about wrestling storied past, but it's also the future. And the future is looking bright for the first time in, in years. This is probably the happiest, most confident, for lack of a better term, I've been about the future of wrestling is the last year or two seeing a lot of the young names. And then you and I getting a lot more involved with the indie stuff. It's, it's just great. Uh, and, you know, here's a kid, 29 years young. I mean, he, he was worried about being old, but I mean, 29 years old, got, you know, great physique, good mic skills, a hell of a lot of talent. And most right. importantly, he's got the passion. And I, I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. I got to know, Benny, before we go, uh, who was president when you were 29? When I was 29? Let's yeah. see. That would have been uh, 88 Ronald Reagan. There you go. Look at that. Yep. See? And, and and you talk about feeling old some days. You're you're still a, a whippersnapper yourself. Oh yeah. In fact, <laughs> I think I might uh, I might start training down there. Hey, you know you're you're going to be the BWC commissioner. You may well, need I, to I, get I, your I hands dirty. You know. I think I get I, I think I got appointed for a two year uh, reign. So after that, I think maybe I'll get into I'll get into <laughs> the game. Well, uh, the, the when when I hear that the next. Uh, the next big of big event instead of a title match is going to be a battle for Polenta. I'll know who made that decision. Oh yeah. I even have a name picked out Italian ice. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I well, like, go wrong. <laughs> no, you can't. Like I said, uh, we promised everybody we, we do a special week, uh, after, uh, I was out with the injury. We got two episodes this week. We'll be back on Thursday with our friends at VCW and, uh, Brandon Scott. So for the BS express himself, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Sebastian. I'll have a good night, everyone. And we will see you next time. We're in the ring. Adios.